0: Even for people unfamiliar with the Bible, the story of the plagues of Egypt during the time of Moses, as recorded in the book of Exodus in the Old Testament of the Bible, is familiar to most people. The thought of all the plagues that struck Egypt, which eventually led to the deliverance of the Israelites um, from slavery, led by Moses, is iconic. It's like a biblical epic story that Uh, people are familiar with, even if they are not Christian or they're not Jewish. But the meaning of this particular story and the foreshadowing of our Savior in Jesus Christ is not automatically apparent um, to everyone. So this is something we're going to break down today because it's one of the most stunning, like deeply theological images of what the gospel is now, what the good news for us is now through the person of Jesus. Now that we have the new Testament to what he has done. Now that we have the person of Jesus and the good news of our deliverance, um, from destruction, from slavery, um, via the person of Jesus who was sort of prefigured in the person of Moses. But I want to focus specifically on a story that comes from Exodus 12, which is the very last plague the straw that broke the camel's back, the straw that led to um, Pharaoh caving in and letting the Israelites leave uh, slavery in Egypt. And that was the plague where the firstborn of every family was struck down. It's very, very intense. But it's introduced in Exodus 12 as this sort of First, here's the good news, and then here's what it saved you from. It's first, take an unblemished um, young male lamb or kid um, whose bones have never been broken. And that night, the Israelites are to slay that lamb, to spread the blood of the lamb on the doorpost in preparation for this destructive plague coming. And to eat the flesh and the blood of the lamb that um, they're meant to cook with herbs and eat with unleavened bread. And when God sees the blood over the door of each of those households, he will refrain from striking down the firstborn in that household. And so saving that family from that grief and destruction and, as they eat this you know special Passover meal, they are to be dressed ready for travel. They're meant to be ready to go because they will be delivered um, and as this plague passes through this night. So that salvation is swift, it's coming, and the destroyer of the firstborns um, throughout the entire the huge uh, population of Egypt will pass over. Um, the doors are that are covered with the blood of the unblemished um, lambs. So this particular image actually prefigures what we will have in the person of Jesus, who is our Passover lamb. So it's still celebrated to this day um, by God's instruction in Exodus 12 to celebrate and commemorate always Passover. And... Jesus is our Passover lamb whom we celebrate and commemorate these days in communion where we celebrate the body that is broken for us. And we celebrate the blood that is shed for us through Holy Communion, which is commemorating that sacrifice and also that salvation that comes through that sacrifice. So Jesus is our lamb. So it talks about Jesus in Revelation as looking like a lamb who was slain. Jesus is referred to as that lamb. He's that unblemished lamb. Um, also in 1 Peter. And the other significant thing is he fits the criteria for the preparation of the lamb in that it must be a lamb whose um, body or bones are unbroken. And that is something that is said of Jesus at the cross. Typically, those who were crucified um, actually tended to have their legs broken as well when they were up hanging on the cross. It's a horrible, slow death of asphyxiation. Um, because the sheer pressure of the weight of just carrying yourself on the cross um, while being nailed in, is, is it's not a quick death, it's a slow, painful death. And so to hasten that process sometimes, just to kind of pack up the bodies and go, they would break the legs of the um, people who were crucified and so um, hasten their death. But in Jesus's case, one of the soldiers rammed a spear through his side and by seeing the sort of separation of the blood and plasma was able to ascertain that he had already died on the cross. um, And so he didn't need to have his legs broken. And it it points out in the New Testament that he then therefore is in fact the lamb who was slain, who was actually um, unblemished without sin, um, but did not have any of his bones broken, just like the criteria for these Passover lambs um, is. So it's a foreshadowing of, the fact that Jesus is going to be our Passover lamb. He's unblemished without sin. Uh, you know, a young man like these um, kids that are meant to be unblemished without defect, their bones are not broken and they will be sacrificed and they'll be eaten. And Jesus actually, you know, iconically lost a lot of disciples um, when he gave this hard teaching where he said, you know, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood just like in this, Passover festival, they actually feast on the lamb um, that is sacrificed and put all over the doorposts. So in in Jesus's case, he says, you know, this is my body, like take and eat. This is my blood shed for you, take and drink. He's really like hearkening back to this Passover festival, um, and that that he fulfills this role, which is. What the Passover lamb does is put a mark over the door that prevents our destruction. It is the blood that is seen by God. And when God sees that blood, he passes over that household and ensures that there is no destruction in that household. And in the same way, Jesus' blood covers us. It's a blood that is put over the doorposts of our heart. It is something that God sees on us and he sees us as clean, justified, righteous, just as Jesus was in his unblemished state. And that unblemished sacrifice, um, you know, is a substitution for us. It atones for our sins and it causes the destruction of sin, which would have, you know, the wrath of God that would have fallen on us for our sinful nature to actually pass over. We don't, um, have to experience that destruction in hell anymore instead it just passes over us we don't suffer death as we would have as we would have been dead in our transgressions instead um we pass over and we go into freedom from slavery it's amazing it's like a literal freedom from slavery for for the israelites but in Jesus's case he delivers us from slavery to sin like and it, that's exactly the level of language that is used to describe our life in bondage and slavery towards sin We are delivered. Not only do we pass um, under that you know destru- destructive um, plague, we don't get destroyed in hell but instead we also pass from death to life from slavery to freedom and the Israelites then just journey all of them with the blessing of God with the freedom and the authority of Pharaoh as well to to their new lives to this next chapter as God's chosen people set free as the biggest wink wink nudge nudge um, or neon sign really um telling you that there is a connection between Passover and the crucifixion of Jesus um it actually happens at the time of Passover. We know that um Jesus sort of gives the instructions for communion at the time of the Passover feast, so he almost kind of substitute he he basically gives the New Testament in relation to the Old Testament by introducing communion the body breaking the wine representing you know his blood as the better as the higher substitute as the new kind of covenant the new um passover so to speak um in his sacrifice on the cross um at the original passover kind of feast So it's basically like a passing of the baton. It really kind of shows, well, you know, up until now, we've had to rely on these sacrifices. We've celebrated Passover and the Passover lamb. But now this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. And that's the biggest clue that this sacrifice that he's about to make is a foreshadowing, has been foreshadowed as the Passover sort of feast for generations so the story of Moses and the plagues and the Israelites and the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt isn't just an interesting historical account it absolutely is Um, it's a true story but it's more than just a celebration of Passover today um, for Christians it's a pre-shadowing of the Passover lamb that we have in the person of Jesus that is commemorated for us in Holy Communion, in the breaking of his body, the shedding of his blood as our lamb who is slain, our unblemished, sinless sacrifice, who set us free from slavery, who saved us from destruction and led us into an eternal life of freedom, life to the full, a life of freedom. Um, in the providence of God, um, ordered by God. And that is something that we can be thankful for as we reflect back on this story and how it relates to the person of Jesus. The most important thing I was ever told about understanding how to read the Bible was that the Bible is a complete picture of everything that we need to know about the person and the work of Jesus. And that's so important because, in many ways, sometimes the Bible is dissected into a group of stories, into a group of biblical heroes, into a collection of rules, into a historical text, into... A self-help book because there's so many practical pieces of wisdom that are in this story and of course it is those things um, all scripture is God breathed it's useful for teaching correcting rebuking and training in righteousness but to do those things only and not to look at Jesus throughout scripture is to essentially miss the point The nexus between the Old Testament and the New Testament is the person of Jesus. Jesus is central to and the culmination of the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is essentially the real point of all of Scripture. And so I'm really excited about looking through all of Scripture with Jesus as the central part of every story, of every piece of text, and trying to learn more about him through scripture itself. And that's what we're going to do here in this series. On the road to Emmaus... After Jesus has been crucified and in fact resurrected, Jesus himself walks up alongside some very downcast disciples. And there is a really fascinating line in Luke chapter 24, verse 27, in which he says, um, in which it says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So essentially he takes from beginning to end all the scriptures that talk about Jesus. And that's a sermon you want to hear for sure. And that is something that I hope we can have a look through and learn more about Jesus in this particular series.